Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to Rainstock Play and welcome to a Moeen Ali special. Yes, we'll, we will be spending some time reacting to Moeen Ali's retirement from Test Cricket today. Quite a lot of time, I suspect, because he deserves that. Uh, we'll be rounding up some IPL action, the county championship uh, and a few debates about some words that have been changed in the cricketing uh, lexicon. Uh, as well as um, the English summer next year. So lots to talk about. No, you know, There's not a lot going on at the minute, but there always is at the same time. Uh, I'm with Zach and I'm with Glenn this week. Glenn, happy birthday. I think I think we did a pod on your birthday last year, I want to say as well, which is kind of mad that that's a year ago. But um, happy 25th. How are you? Thank you. We did. We did a Bob Willis Trophy special and I was in Denver. Uh, that was it. That was it. That was the one. Yeah, no, it was it was a really good pot. And I, again, I can't believe it was a year ago. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm not feeling 100 percent. There's a bit of a kind of cold thing going around, going around the city, um, which is which is really unfortunate. Is it like, is it like Fresh's flu? You've got have you got Iowa think- Fresh's flu? I think it's basically that and it's just really frustrating uh because like you know it's just enough to kind of ruin your mood for the day you can still kind of crack on and do stuff but you're just not operating 100 percent um again you know so i want to enjoy my birthday and struggling struggling with that but glad to be on the pod lovely to chat to you both on you know on the b day so yeah looking forward to a good chat in the next hour or so and zach how are you over in lead it's quite autumnal with me in birmingham today i'm quite cozy what 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 are you saying I'd love to say it was autumnal. It's more kind of end of the world rain here. <laughs> it's absolutely it's just isn't it? It's been all right, to be honest. We had a really nice, like sunny weekend, but now it's just, yeah. It's setting now. Autumn, autumn is coming. Autumn yeah, is coming. absolutely. Uh, right, let's get into it, boys. As I said at the top of the pod, we're going to start with uh, the Moeen Alley announcement. I was quite surprised by this. I'm looking forward to hearing your reactions on it. Um, so at age 34, Moeen has called it quits from the test team. Um, so he'll still be playing plenty of white ball cricket for England and for his various franchises. 64 caps, five centuries, 195 wickets, just short of 3,000 runs, averaging 28 with the bat. Um 
let's reflect on his test career a little bit, boys. And actually, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you first on whether you're surprised about this. I wasn't quite ready for this. I I see it now and reading the various interviews and really thinking about where Moeen was in the test team. I sort of get it. Um, but Glenn, were you a bit surprised when, when you saw this news? Uh, no, I don't think I'd say surprised. I think it came out of the blue in terms of, you know, when it was announced, maybe we, I think some of the, sometimes with this news, you expect me part of it to be leaked or there to be like a rumor perhaps that Moeen's thinking of retiring. What we all got, I think at least the three of us was just, you know, that I think it was the ESPN graphic with, with a lovely photo of him. And then he's retired underneath it. Yep. I yep. think it was a sudden announcement uh, for me. Um, but in terms of, you know, him actually, um, the act of him retiring from test cricket. No, I'm not surprised. Like, it's quite, you know, it's looked like he hasn't necessarily been enjoying it. Uh, this, you can say this for a couple of people. Josh Butler comes to mind in the England camp for a little while right now. I, I, I'm i intrigued. It's a slightly different discussion uh, whether how long Butler will continue going on at this rate. But yeah, Phil Moeen, I mean, yeah, you know, I think he spoke uh, a little bit more openly. I think it might have been today or yesterday, just, you know, about the frustrations of not getting that central contract. Um, he's taken, you know, a sustained break from test cricket before. And yeah, it's it's classic because um, you know, he's a really good player. And is there the sense in the discourse, you know, in the cricketing world the last day or so is like, was he underappreciated as a player? Uh, and, you know, he's got the third highest wickets um, for an English spinner, uh, which is extraordinary in test cricket. He's ending his career just short of 200 uh, test cricket and just under 3000 runs. Uh, that average with the bat, I think, is something that will uh, that he, he, he'll reflect on and probably be a dis- bit disappointed by. He is far better than a test average of 28. He's an elegant player. He's a classy player. And again, it, the last year or so, it really just did feel that he was this Band-Aid that was being put on the English team. And it, he wasn't there for him, if that makes sense. It wasn't because of his talent as a player. It was because of the rest of the team's failures. And I think for him, that must have been really frustrating. Just coming in during a crisis, expecting to, you know, play the best of his game, despite often not having great preparation. Um, and to be perfectly honest, with the impending, basically shambles that is the ashes coming up in terms of organisation... <laughs> I mean, what a good time for him to retire. Um, yeah. He expressed frustration that we couldn't play that final test against India because he may, he may have just crept towards some of those, um, some of those milestones that he expected to. I could definitely have seen him getting five wickets, uh, absolutely. And you know, who knows? He, he probably could have got two fifties as well if you know if 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 it was in his mind that he was going to be retiring after that. So I think. Based on that review uh, interview I saw, um, which was really insightful, I think, yeah, he's a bit frustrated about the timing of it himself. That's why it might seem sudden to us. I'd blame the the the, the fifth test not happening on that. But yeah, I think it's the right decision for him. He's going to complete. He's going to continue to smash franchise cricket and to smash the shorter game, hopefully for England as well. Mm. And he is an icon. He's an icon of a player, and he's probably a real pod favourite. So we're sad to see him go, without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. And I think just falling short of 200 runs and 3,000, sorry, 200 wickets and 3,000 runs kind of sums up. be sad if it was under 200 runs. (laughs) (laughs) An icon who scored 200 runs in 64 (laughs) test matches. (laughs) It's a shame. It just sums up his career that he just fell short of these quite important milestones for an all-rounder. What's the other one where your bowling average is below your batting average? Uh, He was near that but couldn't quite get over the line. Uh, the fact the fifth test was cancelled, it just sort of sums up the way his test career has gone, for sure, and the way he's been treated by England. Um, the interview you referenced, I think it was in The Guardian with Ali Martin, um, he says that a lot a lot of things sort of plagued his career, that Ben Stokes coming in and taking that position from him at six at the time sort of hurt his career a little bit. 
the central contract thing last year, you know, were Moeen to be treated like Ben Stokes has been with his restaurant cricket, perhaps we still be seeing him in England Whites in the future. Um, so, Zach, you know, discuss again your um, whether you're surprised or not that this this announcement was made, and you know, reflect on Moeen's career a little bit as well. Yeah, not particular, not kind of like Glenn said, surprised at the timing. I think if this had happened a year ago, if he'd have retired a year ago or even six months ago, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah, but it was when he's kind of seems to have had a little bit of a resurgence and I could have seen him, you know, if, if I'd have, if, if I think if most of us had picked our kind of 11 for the first test in the ashes, we'd have probably put him in there just because of, of that, that word we love so much balance. <laughs> he is balance. He is, he is the, the crux of balance, isn't he? Yeah. And, and like Glenn said, he would be disappointed with his batting average. He's a much better player than that. I think of him as kind of like a moments player for England. You know, the hat trick against South Africa, the the ball that got Coley earlier this year, and that famous you know memed Coley face of him looking so shocked <laughs> at how much it turned on on day one. You know, how many other batsmen have got four hundreds in a year for England this century? It's just us to Cook and Joe Root. Do we like that that year twenty sixteen? Like that's that's it, I, it's always forgotten about when it was mentioned when he when Joe Root got to that figure and it was oh he's matched Moeen Ali's year in 2016 I was like wait a second Moeen Ali was that good in one year like it was you know it, was, it kind of even like shocked me that, that I'd managed to forget that but also that he was so good and he still gets you know he there's never I feel like he doesn't get he's, he's undervalued maybe not in some ways <laughs> He's such a polarizing people. I think people either love him or they're kind of, they kind of just you know don't see where he where his values at. But I I love him. I know we all do. I think I'm I'm really glad you brought up those um those 400s in 2016 because I thought the same thing. You know these comparisons when you're thinking oh who's Root being compared to? I wouldn't even have guessed Moeen. I don't think it would have been on my shortlist um in terms of in terms of players in regard to Root summer this year. But it's worth noting he hasn't scored a hundred since then uh which which it feels like an important point uh, again frustrating he has been messed around um by you know management selectors he's batted in every single position from one to nine i mean how many players could you say that about that's possibly the most moine stat i could find thank you to the bbc for that one uh he's i i just think he's had a real tough tough time of it but i think some some players frustrations is is this inconsistency right um i don't think we'd, we, we we wouldn't fall into this camp but it was but well i say that but we have discussed on this podcast um in in previous episodes about our annoyance that he just can't hold down an end you know in test cricket he all in recent year or so he always seemed to have a loosener in pretty much every over um uh, which which i think uh meant a lot of fans ran out of patience with him perhaps arguably before they should have um clearly a ridiculously talented um cricketer i think he he does feel hard done by by england i think he has every right to um and again it's isn't it isn't it just a shame that he just couldn't go out perhaps in slightly more of a blaze of glory maybe getting coley out again i i I love that that moment as well zach because for me that is one of the highlights of the summer we we loved it on this pod every english cricket fan loved that delivery that stands out a moment's player is, is is a perfect is a perfect summary of his career. Like he had massive highs, but at the same time he had pretty um, substantial lows. So yeah, he's an enigma. And I think that's probably the way he's going out with the way he kind of came into this team. He got a hundred really quickly in a second match, but at the same time he didn't get one for his final four years. So very interesting player. And I mean, we all love him. It's I'm gutted. He hasn't been given that opportunity to 
whether he would have done this or not, is announced his retirement prior to the fifth test. Actually, well, obviously he didn't do that. So it's a pretty relevant point. I'm just going to not make that point. Because <laughs> I, I want, it, you, it, you, you see what I'm getting at? I'd, I'd have I, liked him to have, like say, I'm going to retire and get the reception you would have got from England fans. Because I think the general sentiment on Moeen is what we're all saying here. Sort of a cult figure, the moment's cricketer. We love him. We know he wasn't probably as good as he could have been or as good as some other players in his era. But he was that sort of icon of his era for sure. Yeah, the the same thought came came into my head, Dan. Oh, wouldn't it have been great if we'd have had that fifth test? But yeah, it's because lovely, of how it? yeah, but because he, of he how could, he'll probably was. get that when he retires from international cricket fully, hopefully. you know, uh, yeah, as a white ball player. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, yeah, it would have been a really great moment for him. And yeah, like you say, that's he is such a. But that that's kind of it's the kind of classic player that everyone loves because I don't know because he could be. On his day, he's one of the best in the world. And those sorts of players that can give you that from nowhere are just, they're, they're the best players to watch because you just don't know what you're going to get. It's why we love, you know, players like Rishabh Pan, because again, on their day, best player in the world. And Moen Ali can be, you know, one of the best batsmen in the world. On his day, he can, you know, be a world-class off spinner as well. So just, yeah. And hopefully for years to come, we'll see, him do this in white ball cricket still and just one more thing you know it's got to be noted that he um you know is an inspiration for other british muslims who who um want to play cricket especially test cricket we you know we've talked uh at great length in the last couple of pods you know about the yorkshire report um you know about underlying you know systematic racism within the english game and seeing someone like moeen play so beautifully um be an inspiration you know he had his wristbands on um in support of in support of gaza as well um, which became um, a bit of a controversial incident but you know someone who you know a proud british muslim um playing exceptional cricket and just seems like such a welcoming guy as well of all the honestly probably of all the uh, test players who i could you know sit down and get a coffee with and have a chat to he would be on my shortlist very very high on there i think he's definitely that personality that we all that we all really admired and um hopefully as he said in that interview that he can you know inspire the next generation um, of other british muslims to to get stuck into cricket and to play at the highest level uh, and the beauty is we're not losing him from cricket you know we're going to see Absolutely. him for england still more importantly Absolutely. and then i love watching him for csk and obviously the birmingham phoenix which he can now captain and lead throughout a season rather than getting plucked off just before the final um no issues with that whatsoever um so well done on a great career moeen i'm sure you're listening and um, we look forward to watching plenty plenty more of you uh, as the years go on uh let's move on to some more news uh, this week so warwickshire won the county championship um i should be excited i live near edge baston but i don't i don't like warwickshire so i'm a sussex fan but good for them uh it was a sort of interesting last round wasn't it zach um Warwickshire beat Somerset by 118 runs. There was a huge crowd at Edgebaston for that day four. Me, I was watching the clips on Twitter, just the, the the highlights of the wickets, and there was a big roar every time Warwickshire got a wicket. Um, Lancashire beat Hampshire by one wicket in what was a very dramatic game in its own right. That was done a little bit before this Warwickshire game, right? And that basically left the door open to be either Warwickshire or Lancashire that win, depending on how Warwickshire got on. Somerset couldn't force the draw and Warwickshire run one. Is that is that how it went, right? So so the way it went was I'll try and be Here we go simple again, on Glenn. this. We've got some more boring county championship. <laughs> no one understands what's going on. Good luck, <laughs> listeners. There's a fast forward button somewhere on the podcast after if you want to move so, on. Yeah. So so the way it went was Hampshire and Lancashire knew 
that so Hampshire were in a better position than Lancashire. Lancashire were like forty for seven or something, and Warwickshire needed to get to three fifty to put themselves in a better position on bonus points than Hampshire. Is that when Danny Briggs went off to get to three fifty? Right, I remember that thing happening. Yeah. So they, yeah, yeah. So they did it. They did. They did it. They managed to do it, and then that meant that Warwickshire still had to win. And then Hampshire didn't even win anyway because Hampshire. But so sorry to interrupt you again. As I always do on these bits because I need clarification. Uh, was it as soon as Warwickshire got to three fifty and got that bonus point, Hampshire were out of it? Is that is that correct? Because they all someone was out of it by that point, weren't they? Knots were kind of out of it because not, but not knots were knots kind of were out of it by it. that point. We're not even but, in but, it. But knots were only out of it because they needed it to be a draw between Hampshire and Lancashire to get anywhere. That was never going to happen. At, at finished in three days. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. finished in three okay. days. So at that point, it meant that Hampshire were not favourites anymore. But it still meant that Warwickshire still had to win. And because that game kind of moved pretty slowly, and Somerset ended up with a lead on first innings, which. You know, we've not seen one of those in a while. Um, it meant that, that Hampshire were kind of still favourites, but they needed to beat Lancashire. And then Lancashire looked like they were cruising, chasing 196. They were 177 for five and then slipped to 194 for nine. And then Dane Villas, their captain, uh, took them over the line on day three and Glenn is falling asleep. But then Somerset obviously crumbled on the final day in two sessions to be bowled out and... Warwickshire were champions. I wanted Warwickshire to win it, even though they were playing Somerset, because I don't like Lancashire or Hampshire. I don't have anything okay, against fair. Warwickshire. I, no, I they're, Warwickshire like are just they're, they're MOR. They're just middle of the road. They're not. They're neither offensive nor like boring. So you know, well yeah. into them. Sussex getting rid of Danny Briggs winds me up because he obviously got the runs and some pretty crucial wickets with his left arm spin. So well done to him. Uh, Wokes played and looked good as he always does. Tim Bresnan is, is on Warwickshire. Did everyone miss that move from Yorkshire to Warwickshire? But that happened a few years ago. Just one thing: how many how many Test matches do you think Chris Wokes has played? I was on his Wikipedia the other day randomly, um, and I was shocked. Uh, you were shocked. I reckon you're shocked in how he's probably been playing since what 2014. So I'm Moeen, say so. Moeen's played 64. They are a similar. Do do, age. Should we do higher or lower? I'm going to say well, it's going to be a lot less. Let's say let's say he's played 32 times, exactly half. What do you reckon, Glenn? I was that's exactly where I was going. Oh, I'm yeah. going to, wow. 28, 28, 28. Wow. Okay, it's 39. I thought that oh. was like not that many. It's not. Like I was going 20. under. I was going a little. Yeah, I was just going four. He played four times. <laughs> so I think that that is quite a few for Chris Wokes. I don't know. I kind of thought like. I feel like he's been around for so long that I thought he must have played more than that. But well, when you compare him to Moeen and at the same age, I think that is quite surprising. That, that yeah, yeah. But I, I guess think... Chris Wokes never plays away from home, does he? So this he's only good thing. to have a hand yeah, in there, place. isn't he? Yeah, he uh, he's been he's been rested today, interestingly, for the Bob Willis Trophy final, which we're going to come on to in a minute, and the whole English summer we can come on to in a minute as well. Can we just talk? I just I just found this result. Um, again, obviously we were we were we were looking at the you know final day of county championship, and you always get some really bizarre um, bizarre results. That you know there was a lot of people being bowled out cheaply. I just saw um, Sorry Glamorgan. Uh, <laughs> state sorry, of this game. Absolutely sorry, mental game. State of this game. <laughs> so 
I think 10 wickets fell across four days. I'm doing a quick calculation in my head that almost 1,400 runs were scored. Surrey were 722 for four declared. And Glamorgan were like, okay, fair enough. That's a fair few runs. We'll try and chase that first inning score. Uh, the way around, it was the, the other, other way, way around. So he said, you know what? 650 is nothing. Let's put 700 on. Even better. Even better. Oh, so yeah. So, yeah. One of the journals I follow was, I think it's Ben Jones. Someone was there and they were, were, he was live tweeting it and it was just, he was just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Well, uh, Eddie Byram, who's just moved from Somerset to Glamorgan, took it, took the first two wickets of their innings and he is not a bowler. He's never taken first class wickets before. <laughs> Glamorgan had Glamorgan used eleven bowlers. Their keeper, the keeper changed uh, like their opening bowler went to keep after like the third new ball or something, and then their keeper bowled some overs. Absolutely hilarious. Ollie really? Pope it was Ollie Pope's first game as captain for Surrey, and obviously he hit you know two hundred odd. And it was seventy four. Um, yeah. Him and Amler had a huge partnership. I think was there no Rory Burns then, or were they just given Ollie Pope a little yeah. run around with the arm? No band? Burns. No Burns. Yeah, no Burns. Yeah, they're resting him wow. as well. But I, it feels like there were a couple of games like this. So if you look in stark contrast to Essex versus Gloucester, was it Gloucestershire? Northants. Northants, which was done. Oh, I think twenty five wickets it, on day one. Twenty five wickets on day one, and it was done, done by one. lunch on day two. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. And we oh. thought the game, because the Lancashire game was at Liverpool, wasn't it? And there were a lot of wickets going in that. And we thought, crisis outground just sounds like Clapham Common, basically. But <laughs> <laughs> they actually got a game out of it. Whatever happened to Essex, I think they all wanted to get on their holidays, really, didn't they? Imagine well, they getting 100, 170. Sorry, Zach. 170 no, no, all no. out and you win by an innings and 44 runs. <laughs> no, it's actually silly. I saw a thing that said that the local golf course is the biggest winner out of this game. Yes, <laughs> very good. Very good. It, it had like last day of the Prem Energy when you know they'll at least five of the commentators on match today will say, "Oh, X is on the beach already." You know that they they want to be gone. That was it was a chaotic last round. Um, going on as we speak is the Bob Willis Trophy final, and I saw someone tweet this. Maybe Sam Moore's head. Somebody in that circle of cricket journal Twitter said, "Get rid of the word final from this because this is not a final. The, the final already happened." in that in that round of games we were just talking about um interestingly like i said it's happening as we speak <laughs> like she got bowled out for 78 uh in 27 and a half overs and warwickshire 119 for none how how does that happen how is that a thing uh i, I do want to add that uh, lancashire at one point uh when i woke up uh were 12 for six so yes <laughs> I, I saw a great thing that said uh, someone needs someone needs to remind Lancashire they're not playing duck duck goose. <laughs> Very good. Um, so uh, this gives us a nice opportunity to talk about the Bob Willis Trophy final and the schedule as a whole in the English summer because it's been a, a dog's dinner. I've seen it described. I think it's perfect of a summer. Everything just sort of messed up, messed around in no particular order all a bit ad hoc, which we can understand with the situation in the world, et cetera, et cetera. But it's time to sort this out, I think, isn't it, boys? Um, let's start with the Bobby Trophy final. I've seen a suggestion that it could be played as a Community Shield type game at the start of the season between, uh, I don't know, pick, obviously the team that won the county championship and maybe the one that came second, but just 
having it now at the end of the season after the big celebrations of the county championship win feels really strange now. It didn't last year and it was good in its place in the COVID season, but it's all a bit weird now, isn't it? Yeah, I completely agree. I've, I've seen one suggestion that is it's played between an MCC 11 and the winners of the county champ, which could yeah, be a nice curtain that's, raiser. That's a nice turn. But I, I prefer that. I know that we're going to come on to it. I, 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 yeah, I get. I completely agree with you, Dan. It's not. It's not a final this year. They, it's not that fast. Warwick should look like they're going to win this, which is you know fair play. They should win it. They won the county championship, best team across the season. But it's, it doesn't matter. No one, no one's that fussed about it. But like you say, last year it was good, and last year it meant that. Uh, well, so going back to Somerset, as always, Somerset have now watched the team lift the trophy that is the first class trophy three seasons in a row. Essex 2019, Essex 2020, and Warwickshire. They've either, oh, they've been playing them. All they've been there. They've, they've watched yeah. it. They've watched it happen. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, should we come on to this? Uh, is it Will McPherson? That's it. Will McPherson it uh, of the Standard has done a wonderful piece uh, that I recommend everybody read, and I'll we'll put it on our Twitter. We always say we'll do this and never do it, but I might try and actually do it this time. Uh, if you don't, just Google it. You know, it's not that complex. Anyway. Zach, do you want to talk us through this? I think it's a fantastic, um, well, we can all debate it, but Zach, talk us through his proposed schedule. We we know a few things before we get into this, by the way. We know the Vitality Bass final has been moved well forward into July. Uh, we know the dates of the 100, and we obviously know the dates of the England men's home games. So talk us through what he suggested and what, what you like and don't like from it, maybe. So, yeah, like you say, He's put underneath the England men's home games. We've got tests against New Zealand. We've got limited overs games against India, limited overs game against South Africa. Maybe a one-off test that we've that might happen from the council test. And then we've got tests against South Africa. He What, what he's proposed, just simply from April to do the Royal London One Day Cup group stage, because otherwise, and he makes this point from 2023 will probably be okay, but 2027, all of our, all of our players won't have played one day cricket outside of playing for England, which I think there's a fair few players, you know, your Ollie Popes, your Zach Crawleys, who could be really good for England in one day cricket, aren't going to be T20 players, I don't think for England, but they could be really good in one for in one day cricket. So they need to be playing that format of the game. Otherwise they wouldn't be because they are making 100 squads. So play that in April. You know, early season pitches, maybe they're not going to be great. But, you know, England weren't very good in the World Cup when the pitch was doing a bit. They could do with a bit of practice when the pitch is, you know, maybe seeming around. From do So do the group stage in April. From May 1st to mid-June, do the first seven rounds of the county championships. So it's not that dissimilar to what happened in 2019. And kind of fiddle in the knockouts as you go along there. Kind of maybe do Sunday, Wednesday, county champ. Friday, roll under one-day cup game. Then... Mid June until April the eighth, sorry, mid June to April the eighteenth. Mid June till July the eighteenth. Vitality Blast. We know that that's going to. Ha- we know that that's probably going to happen. That's probably guaranteed, unless they mess around with it again. And I don't think they're going to put the, the Vitality Blast any time earlier than that. So, just to pinch in there, and that's going to be the, Vita- the the Vitality Blast group stages, knockouts, final, all done. You know, not as it was last year, uh, this year rather, where they played a bit, then the hundred absolutely. Happened. And they suddenly came back out of nowhere. That's all going to happen in one space. So that'll be so much easier to follow and so much easier to enjoy, hopefully. Exactly, yeah, because we've all, I've, I've enjoyed the blast this year, but it's been so hard to follow. If Somerset hadn't 100%. done well, I just wouldn't have been able to follow it. The only reason I followed it is because 
they made it to the quarters and they made it to finals day. So it was like, oh, they're playing. Better kind of keep up for it. And then after that, have the 100, July 18th to August 14th. He's, Will says in his article that the that last weekend that they that they could do the 100 finals is going to be August the 14th weekend because it's the last weekend that there isn't going to be test matches on and they're not going to sky aren't going to have a test match and the 100 final on the same day like that that would be really silly so hopefully so they do that but at the same time as the as the 100 they do a bob willis trophy this is um, my favorite part of it and i know i just suggested I really something like. else with it but i think this is the sort of the biggest point that will mcpherson makes absolutely and like we said it the point of it is that there could there is county cricket going on whilst england are playing you know some test matches people can prepare for test matches in the month leading up to it in the month leading up to the south africa series and so it's going to be a first class competition is the idea i'm not 100% sure on the details obviously he's not outlined he's not outlined all details because this is just a, a proper a, a basic proposal from him so i think either the idea would be to kind of do groups like the 2020 kind of season with so like covid season where we had three groups of six each team plays each other once so you play each play five games the top two from the three groups so just the winners of two of the best winners of the two groups play in a final they win the bobbleless trophy and then after that august 15th to the end of the season finish off the county champ last in two rounds I think it, it, it's better for the county championship as well because it's less fractured, which it's always so fractured. Yeah. So something's got to get something's got to get fractured in this season, and it's the county championship. But that's fine because it is so long and drawn out; people can tune in and out of that. And I think the best point of the Bobbleys Trophy happening during the hundred is that some red ball cricket will be happening while England are playing Test matches. And this year, when they were playing so badly, and we were like, "Who can we call in?" No one was playing any red ball cricket, so we didn't really know. We had some stats from April, which is very different to what it was in mid July. So, to have some form of red ball cricket playing in the middle of the summer would be fantastic. Um, Glenn, what what do you think of this proposal, and what do you like from it, and what do you perhaps not like, and and will this even happen? Do you reckon the ECB are, are really trying to rejig this? Like they've they've made some fairly proactive moves with the Vitality Blast, but how are they going to look after the county championship and the Bob Willis Trophy? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, I like this. Thank you, um, Zach, for a lovely summary of it. First of all, I mean, it's a great piece of writing. It's a really interesting article. I think it's really worth uh, worth saying that it's just, um, yeah, really cool piece of journalism. And uh, again, just check it out um, because I think it's great to start having these conversations early doors because, again, it hasn't really worked this year. Uh, Bob Willis Trophy, love um, the idea of converting that from a showpiece that's in reality the antithesis of a showpiece uh, into something <laughs> into something that matters, uh, that's handy. I think today, apparently, I mean, I mean uh, Dan, I think you said potentially a bit tongue-in-cheek um, just before we're on air that there's barely anyone at the final right now. Um, I haven't seen any of it so far, but att- if Mate, attendance some is of, Some of the players don't look like they're there. Obviously, Lancashire's batting on it wasn't there. They're definitely not there mentally because I think everyone's just like, yo, it's October now pretty much. It's raining, it's cold. Anyway, yeah, carry on with your point. This isn't where the Bob Willis Trophy Final needs to be, for sure. Well, that's it. No, no, thank you. No, thank you for saying that, because it's an essential part of this, of the of this restructuring of the uh, of the domestic season uh, is exactly things like that that don't work. Um, Zach, I completely agree with you regarding following 
the uh, T20 Blast had Somerset not, to be honest, quite surprisingly made it so far into that final. I would have checked out during the knockout games, as it were, because I watched Somerset. I was intrigued to see who would play next, and I wanted to, so I watched a couple of them. Uh, that didn't work at all. And sometimes, you know when you get, and I always love this, you know when Wisden uh, or any other early cricketer uh, gives you those lovely pull-out schedules at the start yeah. of um, every every season. Like Sometimes like, it feels like you need this like roadmap. You know, when I was younger, <laughs> it's just something nice to put on the wall. Right? Mine's it's on just... my door next to me now yeah. in my little office. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like sweating over it overnight. Like, what, what's coming up next? What does that mean? Truly. And I, sometimes I think, like, obviously it's designed to do this, but in effect, I feel like the schedule is just just puts people off following domestic cricket. What's easy to follow is is the England games because you know it's pretty clear when they are. The international um, England matches are probably across pretty much every format. It's, they're pretty much signpost. It's hard to miss. Uh, the hundred was relatively easy to follow this year because of that absolute avalanche of marketing. Um, in contrast to the other domestic formats, which we've discussed at length and don't really need to go into again. But I mean, apart from that. So you have a new a new competition that's being marketed uh, all day, every day, uh, across across BBC, across everywhere. You've got the England games. Apart from that, it's just an absolute nightmare. As this is this is like three people who love cricket, who obviously you know have a we, we love it enough to meet every week and hopefully entertain a couple of people by chatting about it. I, I personally, between the three of us, I mean Zach's obviously the most on top of it, but I feel like me and Dan genuinely struggle to 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 keep pace with the, with the county championship especially. I just think it is ludicrous, and this is. And, you know, we make jokes about it being being boring and stuff, but it's more a case of we're frustrated and a bit hacked off because we just don't have an avenue to follow it. But I love the four day game. If you gave me a choice um, between watching Somerset in any format, that would be, you know, I'd I'd probably pick that for a day if I was going to go, you know, with us or my dad, whoever. I love it. But the fact is, it's so just tangled and impenetrable at the minute for fans. It needs a complete revamp. And I think, yeah, at the minute I'm looking at this. uh, No critiques you know leap to mind i think it is obviously not gonna be perfect but yet bob willis i agree with get the vitality blast get that done early get that in that in my opinion that's still basically the centerpiece of the english cricket schedule domestically is the vitality blast or it should be finals day is it's not the bob willis trophy it's not the hundred final it's finals day t20 that should be the spectacle i think it's exceptional i've been there once one of the best days of my life it's brilliant and it was great this year put that at the heart and that doesn't mean at the start or the end. That can mean in the middle. And that's what I really like about this. Um, yeah, don't know how I've answered your question. Oh, one thing, uh, Zach, I don't know if we did cover it. When would the Royal London One Day Cup final be? Has that been announced? Is there a schedule for that? I, that was the only part I didn't quite follow in this piece. So I think it would work. I don't know if you remember when Somerset won it in 2019, the kind of knockout rounds and final would work in a similar way to they did then, where they kind of piece them together in between a couple of county championship rounds in May. So I I do remember that because I was at that final and I was very hungover. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was a that was a great day. Well again, <laughs> one of the best days of my life. But uh yeah, that was earlier than October, earlier than September, that is for sure. There's a great like story that. around that day as well. But it's not it's not suitable content. <laughs> no, I was gonna I was gonna delve more into it. There was the England Island game as well, Glenn, but we can't talk about that one. You just like to rock up to a few games a little bit worse to wear, and that's fine. <laughs> However you want to enjoy your cricket. So yeah, um, go check this uh, standard article out. It was it's really cool. He makes some other great points that we haven't been able to get into. Uh, you know about having the Royal London One Day Cup in April. 
balances out the issue with the ball dominating so much, which it would if the county championship was held then. Some really great points. And it feels like the ECB or whoever puts this together do need to get every every competition they've got to sort, get a massive table or something in a big conference suite somewhere and just start again and piece it together so it makes sense for fans, more importantly, and obviously for the well-being of players and, and making this work for the England national side. It's an unenviable task, don't get me wrong, but it feels like this this one we've read today has, has really done a good job of it. I think what they should do is just send send Will McPherson a blank check and just say, cheers, mate, sorted it. <laughs> Honestly, <Done>. take, <laughs> this, take this. This is, yeah. per- this, this is it's not perfect. Uh, nothing or, would be, but this isn't bad, is it? Or... The the CEO of the of the ECB is not looking like he's it's going to be a, a around for for too much longer. I don't think he's a, he's getting some you know some enemies <laughs> to put it simply. Um, so maybe Will McPherson, chairman of the ECB. Yeah, why not? Bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> well done, Will. Great stuff, and and gave us some good talking points there. Uh, should we do one more bit of English cricket before we move on? And it's happened a while ago, it feels like, but it was a fun day on Twitter. Well, not fun, pretty toxic, actually. Um, the the MCC replaced the word batsman with batter in the official laws of the game. Um, I, I don't care. This is this is fine. I think this is this is most sane adults' opinion. It's like I don't care if they change a word. They could change it to you know table. They call everybody a table. I don't I don't really mind. But obviously it caught a bit of stir on Twitter. Piers Morgan picked a bunch of other um, cricketing terms that should be outlawed, which which pretty much already have been anyway because people don't want to say those things anymore. Um, a little bit on that, boys. You know, Zach. Zach's written in our notes that he's gonna he's gonna walk off air. Al Piers Morgan because he's so angry about this. Um, I'm not, I know you're not, Zach. Um, that was tongue in cheek, but that it has done a little bit of that in cricket in the cricketing world, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of it's one of those things, like you say, if if it does help, you know, make the game more inclusive, yeah, do it. But it's not it's not the bit. I don't think it's the big thing. Uh, and it, the fact it angers people, of course, it angers Piers Morgan. There was an article uh, in the Telegraph that was called it something like ultra woke, which is oh, just it was horrible. That was a uh, horrible piece of writing. Luckily, it was blocked read by the it, paywall. Haven't read it. I I have got the Telegraph subscription. They gave me loads of free time. So, but there's been an absolutely brilliant article that I really want Dan to put under the thing if he can. Yeah, I will. I'll do a bit more effort on the tweet this week. That is by Isabel Westbury and Alison Mitchell. Unsurprisingly, Isabel Westbury with another brilliant article. She, you know, she doesn't miss the mark very often. And it's just called Language Matters in Cricket. Using batter is a step in the right direction. And, you know, her first paragraph. Let me just read the first paragraph because it's, you know, it's just a great taste of what of, of how great an article is. Language does not matter to a number of people. Those people invariably are those with no experience of ever having been or felt excluded from something, from a sport or a movement or really just any group of people to which they, they might otherwise want to belong. Sums it up perfect, isn't it? That That's yeah. why this has happened. They're, they're, they're not doing it to, to piss people off. They're doing it for a, a proactive reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And she makes a really good point in there that the, the word batsman is not offensive. If we're going to talk about words that might be offensive, the word maiden might actually be one we could focus on a little bit more because it kind of, it, the, it denoting as it kind of means being like untouched, which is, you know, 
it's not great, is it? Yeah, Dan's face is is exactly. Well, I, I don't know where I that. I don't know where that word came I didn't, from. I didn't know that either. No, the cricketing um, lexicon, but there it is. Third man as well could just be third or forty-five. You know, it's little things like this, and it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't. I don't, I don't care. The cricket. The cricket exactly. will still happen. You know, exactly. Manny Ali will still, will still hit good cover drives. You know, it doesn't mean he's, he. Oh, I can't do that now. I'm called a batter. You know. Well, just two things. I can imagine after, you know, an expensive multi-million six-month ECB review, they change Maiden over to a Virgin over. And they're like, it's okay. <laughs> We've updated it. It's Fast modern. <laughs> we can't play after count. Derby should go bankrupt, but they got this right. Uh, one other thing. Uh, and this isn't to make light of this, because it, 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 you know, it, it is a pretty toxic debate, and I, for one, could not care less what they call a, a batter. But there is a victim of this culture war. He's 15 years old. He's called Finn Hill. He just joined the Somerset Academy. And Somerset posted something yesterday. They said, Somerset County Cricket Club are pleased to announce that 15-year-old batter and offspin of Finn Hills join the academy. And there's just a load of gammons underneath it saying, what's a batter? <laughs> oh, poor kid, man. I didn't even see that. Well, good, good he, he looks, good he, we should, we should put it on our page. He, he looks absolutely dead inside. He looks as if he's just been, he's just sat down for an interview about the difference between a batsman and a batter on, yeah. <laughs> on his contract day. Meeting where they had to change it. I mean, <laughs> good for the, uh, the Somerset admin to, to remember that because it, that will happen. And it happened in, uh, you know, people say batsmen still. I mean, Glenn shows the picture now. Yeah, he really does look dead inside. <laughs> please don't, I don't play cricket anymore. Please, sir, please. Can we speak about the, the Somerset Twitter actually that they use that uh, that hilarious Jack Leach uh, graphic of him get, of him getting to fifty despite him getting out for forty nine? That was hilarious, was, wasn't it? There is nothing better than someone who's already done the work. They, they say <laughs> I, I spent twenty minutes putting this graphic together. It doesn't graphic. work anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna put we're gonna put it up. Uh, and it's interesting. I think the Somerset admin again. It's probably the one I follow the closest. Um, but generally, I think they are like the one of a the funniest and b probably the most controversial. They do rub a lot of people up the wrong way, um, including the BBC, as we've discussed before. So always, always good content from the Somerset Twitter page. That is for sure. Did we see the Warwickshire tweet this week? Uh, they they had a little dig at I think Lancashire because they were obviously Hampshire. Hampshire there because they were rooting for. Uh, not to get to 350 and they did they did a tweet so go and see that i don't i don't i follow the warwickshire one and i don't see them doing as much of that glenn so clearly they got rubbed up the wrong way um because they're, they're normally pretty on the party line uh so yes batter get over it it's really not a big deal my favorite admin is uh yorkshire's admin gets really excited when yorkshire lose a wicket and it's just hilarious it's like oh balance is gone <laughs> and it's uh, just being so excited about their own team doing badly that's funny. I, I like that. It's like, bang, calm down. They're 400 for four. It's, they're doing fine. Oh, he's gone. You know, you've got, you've got to admire, the, admire that. Right. What else we got to do? I've titled this section IPL chugs along because it does chug. It just sort of moves like a sort of unearthly machine, like something from Mad Max that's fueled on skulls and people's money. And I'm really not that into it anymore, as you can tell. So I've not. <laughs> I've not just fueled with rupees and, and test cricket's tears. People's rupees, man, just pouring into it. And, and the, the fucking Tata Safari. That's what's being driven. A Mad Max Tata Safari. Anyway, Zach, it's chugging along. Um, what's been happening since, since we were last on air? Um, it's starting to take a bit more shape now. Everyone's getting back into it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, exactly. See, generally, you're not into it. See, yeah. yeah there you go. Well, not that much has so, happened, to be fair. No, genuinely, Delhi are good. CSK is still good. Mumbai Indians, 
Really not looking good. Surya Kumar's just gone for a first ball duck and Bishnoi's on a hat trick. My my favourite, one of my favourite cricketers in, in the world, Ravi Bishnoi. What a man. It, sorry, he's on it right now. I see they're 16 for two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, oh. it's about to be hat trick balls. So come, well, I'll I'll keep talking and I'll keep I'll talking. And then when it happens, go mental. Go like Yorkshire exactly. account mental. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Mumbai Indians have looked pretty poor, which is interesting. This is kind of usually the time of the season when they they get good. It's obviously it's not it's not like a normal get. It's not like ugh, sorry, it's not like a normal season. So they haven't had chance to build up. Everyone else looks pretty bad. Particularly sunrisers, although they did get a win yesterday. They did win because... with with J Roy at the helm, so that's fun for they us. Did, as England did. That was good. Yeah, so it's nice to see Warner can't buy a run. Was dropped yesterday. Good. They are good. already out, so it's kind of a chance for our teams. But it's also funny because Warner would probably really like to have a chance to get into form before the T Twenty World Cup. So quite funny. Also, <laughs> my boys KKR are you know going to be winning the whole thing which is quite yeah, fun you did you did Out declare this in the chat a couple of days ago so we had to get that on on recorded evidence on a pod so that's good yeah well they they beat they beat delhi and they beat rcb so it was kind of like two of the three teams that have been good rcb were good but they're not good now it seems they just look awful again which is so funny although they beat mumbai in one of the games that was just the weirdest game ever because Jameson got replaced in the attack by uh, Dan Christian, which was just funny because they paid so much money for Jameson. <laughs> and then they still ended up winning very, very comfortably. Mumbai crashed and burned trying to get to um, 150 and they ended, ended up getting all out for 110. But yeah, KKR lost to CSK, but then won earlier today. So they are going to win it. Shubman Gill's going to win them the tournament. Chakravarti looks good. The fact that Sunil Narayan isn't even a reserve in the West Indies squad looks worse and worse by the day. And yeah, he's just bowled the hat-trick ball and it really wasn't very good, but it, it oh. took a leading edge, but it was kind of all along the floor. So very disappointing. Ravi Bishnoi, what a player. Big future ahead of him. Yeah, that's kind of it. For, I can't really bother to talk more about the IPL. No, that's I'm a perfect summary, talk. mate. That really is. Because I think we need to wait until you know it gets to knockout stages and we can tune in a little bit more because this exactly. is just like it's jostling for position get your top form and have a bit of fun after that um exactly. we must talk about england women uh they beat new zealand i think it was four yes four one in the odi series um the fifth odi at canterbury was fantastic england setting 347 for five in what was a very cool um uh innings and they finally got some runs on the board they were really struggling to get above that sort of 250 mark, a couple of knocks under 200, and you thought, geez, get going. Uh, a wonderful Heather Knight century, which is in the fourth ODI, actually, I think, wasn't it? Uh, in a in a really good run chase of 244. Very impressive. She finished with 214 runs. Uh, Bowie went out a decent series. And for New Zealand, Amy Sathathwaite, which is a... So Sathathwaite. Sathathwaite. I quite like saying her name. It's quite... A, when, when you get it right, anyway. Uh, did you watch many you of have. these? <laughs> no, I haven't eaten on any of those Satterthwaite. There's too many thuds in mine. Okay, Satterthwaite. Anyway, uh, England are in a good spot heading into this uh, World Cup that's in the New Year's. I can't they? They look quite good. I know this was at home and New Zealand aren't the greatest side, but this was this was solid. It's what you want against a team like that. Yeah, and and you would say if you took away the final performance though they you would have said they they've won the series but they yeah, haven't that's, put on a, they haven't that's put on true. because the rest of the series they their batting had been a bit under par but the bowlers had, had saved them particularly 
Charlotte Dean or Charlie Dean as she's as she's also known. Uh, her first series, I think she's only about twenty. First first game, five games, ten wickets, averaging nineteen. Great little find, great future. So really exciting stuff. The bowlers, yeah, the bowlers were just brilliant to be honest throughout for England. And yeah. you know, uh, Leia Tahuhu was also brilliant for New Zealand. I think for New Zealand it is worrying though because it's a home World Cup in the new year. So you know they'd they'd have been hoping to, you know, not not beat England, but maybe not, but maybe get three two, get it closer because it it wasn't even necessarily that they were. They weren't blown off the park by England, but they they would have been really disappointed with their batting. It's still kind of whatever these teams do, they're going to have to do a hell of a lot to beat Australia because Australia is just so good. Yeah, I love I love this stat you put in here that the Aussies average two hundred and eighty with the bat, and everyone else, all the other playing nations, are averaging about two thirty. Two thirty. I think England. Runs. I think England. England are two forty. I think England's never going to win you a game, is it? Especially if Australia playing at home as well. That is, it's going to be pretty formidable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can't expect Australia. You know, clear favourites. Maybe the New Zealand conditions are. People say they're kind of similar to England, but. Is it yeah. is it just being held in New Zealand, or are they sharing it with Australia? It's, it's just just being held in New Zealand. Oh, as far excuse, as I'm aware. excuse me, then Australia yeah. won't be at home, but it's a, it's a hop on a plane, isn't it? But mm. that's interesting. Then that that that'll be fun to watch, and that starts in the new year. Yeah, it's not going over Christmas. I believe it's March time, or f- okay. because there's because there's a Women's Ashes series. Ah, oh, of course, that's something to look forward to. Well, whether yeah. it goes ahead or not, that's so, a, that's for another pod, though, probably. Let me see when it's going to fourth of March to the third of April, which is interesting because I feel like early this year when we had New Zealand men's games going on around that time, there was a lot of rain. Well, that's them. That's their they're turning into autumn there. as we go into spring. Mm. They're turning into autumn. That's interesting mm. because the men's was held. Saying that though, the men's was held at the same time. I think when the, when it was there in 2015, or was that over Christmas? No, that was March 2015. Yeah, I something like that, and it was okay. They did share it with Australia though, who just have nice weather all the time. But yeah, listen. And Ashes to look forward to before that. And like I said, it's probably a whole other podcast to chat about whether that goes ahead for the men or the women. So we'll come Absolutely. on to that at some point. Uh, more women's cricket. I'm going to have to hand over to you here, Zach. Uh, you diligently tried to persuade me away from the Ryder Cup um, on Friday, I believe, uh, to watch this India versus Australia women ODI. Um, I didn't because the Ryder Cup was on, but you did. And it sounded like it was probably the better bet because Europe got battered. And this sounded like a really good uh, ODI. So talk us through what happened in this. Yeah, so I this was the second of three ODIs. So the first one we had a kind of pretty conventional India. India hit two two five. Never looked like enough. Australia chased it down with nine wickets to spare, which is silly. Uh, then the second ODI was the cut was the one I was watching. It was because it was a day nighter, which meant it was a much better time for England. I think it probably started. It probably started at six a.m and ran till 2 p.m. So it was, was pretty dreamy to just kind of stick on in the background. India hit 274. They could have got more. They kept kind of losing wickets. They looked like they were going to get to something around 300. Towards the end of the innings, it looked like it was doing a bit, though. It suddenly started to do a bit, and it was like, oh, okay, maybe maybe Australia aren't going to do this. And then they... And this is obviously the Australia women's team that hadn't lost an ODI since 2017. 
a, a, ran, a run that started in India against India, obviously against India. Uh, but yeah, so it's, a, it's an amazing run. And they were so close. They needed, I think it was, they needed three off the last ball in the end. It had been kind of, they'd, they'd kept it about eight and over. It kind of maybe got a little bit above that at times, but they kept it down, kept it down. They kept wickets in hand. And so they had, they still, they were still five down and they had, Mooney, Beth Mooney was kind of hit 125 not out in the end and it came down to the final ball and they needed three runs to win. They hit, a, it was a full toss and it was slapped straight to mid wicket and it was like game over. India have won, they've broken this streak. And then the, the umpires start pondering around. I personally didn't think it was a no ball. Will, me and Will agreed on this on the chat because it looked like she had her back leg bent quite a lot. And for where she hit it in front of her, I'm doing motions on the screen. Almost, but, almost like, okay, for the fact it's a podcast, almost like she's going down for a sweep on one leg or a drive on one leg, but kind of got halfway there. And, and yeah, the absolutely. Was yeah. Brace. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, I think that's the, I think that's a really good description of it, Dan. I won't, I, mean, I won't. You're welcome and... to the action, Zach, when nobody's going to see it. <laughs> and I know we promise YouTube episodes, but unless someone wants to edit our videos for free, uh, then we won't be, you won't be getting them. So you get our voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that, uh, <laughs> sorry, you've taken me. Take I'll take you well off your like your train of thought here. Okay, something to do with the no ball. So, yeah. So it was then loads of deliberation. It was like a horrendous VAR call in in football. No one knew which way they were going to go. It took them ages, and then they give it as a no ball, which meant they needed. For some reason, it was two runs for a no ball, which isn't normal. And obviously, it was a free hit, so they needed two runs. And it was they, they needed one run and it was a free hit. So it was pretty That's easy for them to get that. Hold on, why was it two for a no ball? Is that just a thing in women's cricket? Or did 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 was it a really bad no ball? They're like, that was so bad we're giving you get two runs. I mean, I might be wrong. I could easily be wrong about this. <laughs> it seemed like because they definitely needed three runs and then they suddenly needed one run and it was a it was a and it was yeah, but it was everyone seemed a bit perplexed. We did then have the third game after this. So Australia then won that out of nowhere. Uh, some really great banter on Twitter with Izzy Westbury, you know, saying, "Oh, wouldn't it be great to never have to hear about this this winning streak ever again?" And then they come out <laughs> and do that. Some great memes about that. And then on Sunday we had the third game, and Australia hit two six four for nine. Kind of never looked like that. Never looked like enough. It really, India women made a massive meal of it though. They they were cruising at one point and then they ended up only winning by two wickets with three balls to go. So it ended up getting really tight, even though at one point I kind of stopped watching because I was like, oh yeah, had something else to do. It, it, India have won this, well done them. But yeah, they made they ended up making it really tight. But well, but still, well done India. They got it back to it. So it's a it's a multi format series, a bit like I think it's probably the exact same format as the one we had India and England. Yeah. Really love the format. So Australia lead that four two because you get two points for each of them. One off day night test starts on Thursday, which I'm really excited for. It'll be Glenn. It's going to be absolutely awful timings for you, so don't even bother, mate. Most things are over there. Central time is just <laughs> an absolute dead zone. It is. It <laughs> is. Any European like or East Asian Australasian sport, it's dead. So for us, it starts at five thirty. So obviously, great time. yeah, I'm always up at five thirty. Well, you know. so you know, you missed the you missed the first session. Yes, that'll you be know, good. Eight, eight o'clock. It'll be eight o'clock by the eight o'clock. Our time is would be the the afternoon session. So it's it's, it's some great time. I'm very excited for that. And it'll be interesting to see how 
they go because obviously India have played a women like they've played a test match more recently than Australia. It ended up being a draw, but you know, so it'll be really interesting to see how they go and how Australia go because you know Australia men's and women's they just don't play much test cricket these days, do they? So no. yeah, really excited for that. Is that the first women's day night test, or has there been one already? So this will be the second ever uh, women's day night test. Both have been in Australia. The first one was during the last Ashes series in November 2017. So it'll be interesting to see will India make the same mistake or will Australia make the same mistake England did in the day night test earlier and just go for you know, medium fast bowlers. It does a bit under lights. (laughs) Can't wait for that discourse to come back. (laughs) Yeah, it does a bit under lights. So they have to play all of their all of their seeming options. There are a few. There's a couple players at least that have the that could join in this game. They could join my magical list of players that I love that have got centuries and three formats. Go on. There are a couple of Australian women who are missing out. Who are missing just the just that one so it'd be interesting to see if they uh, get a guy i think meg lanning the australia captain is one of them are there any women on your list because it feels like there's not enough women's test cricket to allow them to get the test century and then also t20 cricket is quite hard to get it in as well you said there's one the only english person on there heather knight so yeah of meg course. lanning is missing oh that was last year wasn't it i remember that yeah. now meg lanning is missing uh, a test a test century on that she's got two t21s 14 odi centuries at least perry and I I, I think Elise Perry's missing a T20, yeah, as well. Yeah, missing a T20. Got two test centuries, missing a T20. Standard, standard. Bloody hell, that's impressive. Uh, So that's plenty of women's cricket going on uh, and a lot to look forward to with the Women's Ashes and that India-Australia series going on as we speak. Uh, That'll do for the cricket this week. But before we leave, Glenn, I must hand over to you uh, to update everyone on the FPL League, of course. Thank you to everyone who joined. Can someone get in touch if they listen to the pod and play in the league, please, listeners? Because I tag think, us on Twitter. please tag us and that you listen and play. That would be huge. <laughs> and we're, we're at the end of the pod now, so I'm not sure how many people make it this far. But please let us know because I tweeted it out with a hashtag fantasy football link uh, uh, on the tweet. And I think a bunch of people just joined. I don't know. Anyway, Glenn, how, how, who's winning? How are they getting on? Where are the, where are the pod hosts? Unfortunately, Will's, Will's ill today. Get better soon, Will. But we wanted him on obviously to hear about what he had to say about cricket that's of course that's what we want win on the pod but also to, to defend his wildcard choice which was hilarious and some of the transfers he's made but uh fill us in glenn how's everybody doing yeah all right thank you dan yeah and thank you so much to everyone who's playing we have a pretty mammoth uh 47 person league which in Jeez. terms of that's in terms of ones that i'm like part of that i'm not like a bit of a rando you know like a brentford fans one or like yeah. you know you know somerset one whatever it is like this is like the biggest one i'm in that has like a load of people i know which is lovely uh it's a it's a competitive league uh i'm not too sure where to start i'll work from the top down actually because i want to finish the pod with uh with a uh a sharp critique of will's horrendous choices um so we have um evan at the top um with a very very tidy 427 points so they're occupying the top spot uh closely following them both on 415 is joshua with bless fc and tom with pint of wine uh the old sam allardyce special we love Love to see it (laughs) 
then it's a pretty competitive field. I'll bring us down to seventh, uh, seventh and eighth, where two of the pod co-hosts are engaged in a lively battle. I am snuck in uh, at number seven. Uh, I'm wedged in between HH United, who are sixth. Uh, Hamad's doing very nicely just above me. And Daniel Parker with its Brittany Klitsch, which is probably my favorite name in the league. I think it's a real Not crap. I do it every year where I Google funny fantasy names. And that oh, felt to me. I had to see it that is a good one, though. I mean, it's I can't come up with that. I'm like clever. Oh, that's why it, it did surprise me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, so Iowa City FC, which is even pretty dull, so I'm not going to take many portraits for that. Uh, it's, better yeah, than, so... it's better than your name, Eleven. Loads of people <laughs> do that. And I used to do that a lot. And I was like, no, get, 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 have some creativity. Um, so we're doing all right, actually, me and Dan. So representing, yeah, the pod, yeah, we're seventh and eighth. There is nothing. There's six points between us. There's a clean sheet in fantasy football terms between us. Uh, I had a pretty okay week. Um, Ronaldo captain, like most of us, didn't deliver for anyone. But I did bring in Andros Townsend um, as my fifth midfielder. Usually I've gone, you know, four four two, pretty steady. Townsend bought him in 10 points. It was a penalty. 3-5-2. I love a 3-5-2. That might be it for the short, before the wild card, might be the short term uh, future. So very solid there. Uh, we're going to scroll a little bit to find Zach, who's not doing too badly. No, not too far at all. Actually. He's 12. He's 12. We'll scroll a little bit. Uh, I 13 points. There's 13 points between me and Dan. Two, two clean sheets and a bonus point. He's doing very nicely. Uh, 50 points, uh, 389 points um, for you in total right now, Zach. So solid, I'd say, in the grand scheme of things. That's probably a Europa League spot if you kind of, you know, try and uh, make, yep, Zach pop in. I'm, I'm also, you know, top of a couple of my other leagues because well, that shows how bad everyone say, else is. I'm doing really well in the other leagues I'm in. And the fact I'm, what was I, Glenn, eighth in this league suggests that we've got, including yourself, seven very good FBL players who might, may or may not listen to the pod. Uh, one person in my in my home, uh, my home league in Dorset, uh, has I think almost 450 points and is in the top 10k uh, in the world, which is pretty extraordinary. Oh. That's Boris, Zach, uh, a friend from, <laughs> friend from <laughs> no is having an amazing season. He went to the same uh, same high school as us growing up. What, what has his shouts been to get him up there? A couple differential captains, or has he got? Has he just like just, been on template for the whole season and, and stuck to it? A differential here and there uses wild card to great effect about two weeks ago got a massive haul on his wild card that just pushed him pushed him right up um and just i don't want to keep keep listeners for too long but i am going to scroll right 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 sorry it takes me ages the rest of the pod the rest of the pod's down there i feel bad wasn't here to defend himself but i don't think he deserves the air he doesn't i don't think he deserves the air time quite frankly um Two very quick things. So uh, at 47 out of 47, there's Sancho. It's William Singh, uh, one of our co-hosts, is, is bottom. He's, he is propping up, propping up 46 other managers above him with a paltry 273 points. What's immensely depressing about this? Two quick things. Number one, uh, Tim, our Southern correspondent, another co-host, his ghost team, which I think has been has had two transfers since we started, is uh, about five places above Will. Love, uh, love a good ghost team. Love a ghost team that, that works efficiently. Uh, he, he's had his captain, uh, Tim's had his captain on Ivan Tony all season. It's actually come through the Wolves game, goal and assist, uh, and a cheeky assist against Liverpool. It's just, it's just kept him going. Uh, but what, what's particularly sad um, about Will's team is that he played his wild card uh, a week ago, uh, and it's just atrocious. It's just absolutely shambolic. His midfield, uh, his midfield is like MacArthur, 
Nakamba, Villa. Nakamba is one of the strangest transfers I've seen in the history of the game. And and he and the way he the way he defended it was that he's a starter. He plays every game. He's played no. ninety minutes once this season, <laughs> and then has played zero, twenty-seven, ten, fifty-zero. So five oh. points in total. Five points in total for the season. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, Will decided to keep uh, Tomiscus, who is a cracking little fullback for Liverpool, but he takes up that third Liverpool spot and is now on the bench. Very odd decisions. Anyway, the week he played the wild card, and I'll end with this, was game week five last week. He got 51 points. That's not that's not the worst. I, I've played a wild card and got 34. That's fine. However, we warned him that he basically, uh, for listeners who don't know the team, he put all his money in Ronaldo and Lukaku, binned off his midfield. Awful stuff. This week, he fell to the foot of the table with a dismal 26 points. Uh, he got five points from his defenders. He got 13 points from his midfielders. And from that money spent up top, about 26 million, he got six points, including his cap. <laughs> I mean, it, and his bench is Lacardia, Tomiscus, Nakamba, none of whom play for their teams. Lacardia no hasn't played for about five years for for uh, for Brighton. So it's agony. It's agony. I, I'm sad he's not here to defend this on air. It's, it's tough. I don't want to just have an onslaught with this poor bloke. No, but no, no. results. We'll, we'll, we'll let him at the top of the show next week. We'll, we'll yes. bring the cricket off at the start of next week and he can defend himself. A defense. But results speak for it's a results driven business, fantasy football. And currently, <laughs> he's bottom of the table. <laughs> what's, his, what's his team name, Glenn? What's his team name? Uh, where's Sancho, which could be where's the points at this yeah, point? Yeah, what's, no, what's the point? Just, just call it off. <laughs> And that's uh, me done for the pod. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for that, Greg. Great summary of our FPL league. I think you can still join it if you haven't joined yet. Uh, the You'll probably overtake Will. <laughs> You'll overtake after a week. I, I'm not sure if you can join with your points already on there. You might be playing. You can't. I, don't, uh, don't, I think you can. I think I think you can. Though. I think it's something they changed a couple of years ago. That that you can. Well, please join us then. If we can, yeah, we, can it, retweet, we can retweet the link. Uh, we'll retweet after the link. Um, and please and do. Even if it doesn't like accumulate. And you start in game week eight with zero, and you then beat Will. We will give you, you know, cash. We'll give you a gift. We will give you cash. There will be a gift if that happens in the mail. <laughs> wherever you're from, wherever you're listening from. Eight week we'll thirty-eight. You give us your address. Brilliant. Um, awesome. That was a really fun pod, boys. Glenn, uh, thank you for joining us on your twenty-fifth birthday. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I look forward to doing a pod on your 26th birthday as well. Let's make, let's make it a hat trick next year. Let's make it a tradition. Uh, thank you. It's been a wonderful way to start my birthday. It could not have been a better way. So thank you both for, for having me as always. Uh, Zach, we'll see you soon. When's your, when, when is your birthday, Zach? Actually, I don't know. Uh, May the 21st. So it's oh. uh, you know early season. Maybe we'll have the uh, Royal London Monday Cup final on it next year. Uh, wouldn't that be exciting? Hey, <laughs> <That's> exciting, yeah. <laughs> Drag down there. What was that you said? Durham Glamorgan. What a game. Yeah, what a game. Uh, we'll be back next week. We've got World Cup previews coming next week. We're going to split it into three episodes. Uh, find your team, find your country, and we'll preview every single one. Uh, thank you so much for listening this week, and we'll see you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.